Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session. And this week we are uh, we are joined by a guy that has not been on this show in months. Welcome back, Mark Lampson from Thank Aslan you. Training Thank and you. Development. Thank you for having me. It yeah, a, it was a good, long, relaxing summer. Good, good for you. Yeah, it's been a while. We uh, we've we've missed you on the show. We've had several podcasts in between, which I'm sure you'll catch up and listen to. Uh, and actually, our focus over the summer has been largely on you know finishing up the year strong. But I know today's subject we're going to get into really prepping uh, for a good 2020 and thickening that pipeline. But before we get into that, uh, let's talk about that frosty, refreshing beverage in front of you. What are you uh, What are you going to have today? Well, uh, I'm very careful to be timely here. Uh, it says freshness matters enjoy before month notched and that notch is about midway in october so do okay. you think it's fair for yeah, me I to enjoy that you're you're about a week early of that being outdated it's going to be a summer themed uh, sam adams porch rocker there's like some rail sort of with some limeade in it uh it's a uh, it's called a refreshing and tangy radler which i'm not familiar with yeah that so, sounds uh, good i always Always enjoy a Sam of any sort. Yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah, I enjoy this one, and I have a couple left, so uh, I'm going to have one. All right. Well, I am going to do something that has a floral citrus note combined with unique malt profile to impart a clean, fresh finish. That, of course, to all of you from this region would know is a Harpoon IPA Hoppy Floral Crisp India Pale Ale. So I'm going to have that. This uh, company was established in 1986. I don't want to tell you. Well, maybe I will. That was the year I graduated from high school, so big year. And you were introduced to beer for the first time in 1987, 88, um, or when did you turn was, 21? Yeah, much later. Cheers. Yeah. Like, good to be Cheers. back. Thank you for having me. Good. Mm. Mm. Oh, that is frosty and refreshing. I love it. Very good. Well, as I said, so, you know, been really focused on helping everybody think about ways to land as much business in 2019 as we can. But as we are now into the early portion of the fourth quarter, it really is a good time to start thinking about thickening that pipeline for uh, for 2020. So I know you've been giving this some thought um, about you know the you know three or four different things that uh, that people can be doing to prepare for that. So why don't we get into that? Sure. Yeah. Depending on uh, depending on your business and uh, when your fiscal year is, uh, it's probably fourth quarter for a fair amount of you. And right. by the time you're listening to this at the earliest mid-October, uh, again, depending on your sales cycle, this year is kind of starting to wrap up. It really uh, is, yeah. So yeah. in any event, I thought about you know what we do at Aslan. What do we do? What do we start to look at? And uh, I think there's four things that if you're listening might be worth making a quick note of as you're driving or listening or uh, working out that might help you get started uh, in the right place for 2020. Yep. Yeah, no, I think so. I think these are uh, some great hints that people can, uh, can can take note of. So why don't we get into the first one? I know you, you, you're you really focused on helping people navigate a subject that's not always uh, an easy one to navigate, right? Yeah, it's a good, take a group of customers and uh, it's a good opportunity to reach out, right? As salespeople, we're always looking for a reason to reach out and add value other than a touch base check-in and, you know, right. hey, wanted to see if you've made a decision yet kind of thing, which yeah. is just... Awful, yeah. awful emails and voicemails that I get over and over again. Uh, but in all fairness, uh, you know, do they need help with a budget? And and 
try to put yourself in their shoes. Uh, I've been in those shoes. I mean, I make budgets for, I'm part of the budgeting process at Aslan. When I worked for a bigger company, you know, we had lots and lots of budgets and roll-ups and it was a big process. And it would start a few months before the end of the fiscal year. Right, yeah. Uh, And the way it works is you go basically propose a budget. You put numbers in, you see what you spent last year, what should I spend this year? And most of you know this, but, but some of you might not. Department managers, budget managers, whomever, need to go put a line item. And they need to not only say, what's the number, but why are they putting that number in? And if that number makes sense, at some point, they're called into a meeting and they're saying, why are you recommending this? And how are we, you know, how do you know this is a good use of, of, of budget? And I have talked to people and I've had customers admit to me they didn't budget because they weren't sure how much and they weren't sure how to justify it in a budget yeah. meeting. So rather than go and ask for money and have their boss's boss's boss say, why do you want X dollars and have a bad answer? They just didn't budget it. It yeah. didn't happen. No, it's it's so true. Yeah. And, and we can be helpful, like a resource. And especially as we try to elevate our role within these accounts from sales rep all the way up to some sort of trusted advisor, that is a way that we can uh, potentially really help our customers by putting ourselves in their shoes of how they establish their budget. So what would be a way that you, you know, you could, you could reach out and establish that? Is that, yeah. is that a call or is that an email or how, what do you think? It depends on your relationship. You know, some, you have some existing customers, maybe you haven't talked to in a while. It's a good reason to reach out to a contact. Uh, certainly it's a good place for old prospects that you know, and you just haven't talked to in a while or they're sta- stalled or even brand new prospects. But there, there's, there's two keys. Uh, what what's helpful to them is uh, what's helpful to them is not so much uh, you know a sales pitch or to justify your product over another. It's two things. It's if you have any interest in doing this type of work next year with us or with someone else, with yeah. one of our competitors. I love that. You know, then I can help you very quickly with a couple of questions. Give you a rough accurate budgetary number and two i can help you with a couple of bullet points of how to justify that number to your budget approver yeah those are two things that are completely foreign territory for a lot of people that are running a lot of things and they don't know a lot about your product or service or what it costs or why they should use it but it's in their mind so so a quick note right we talk about our iframe yeah this is an email voicemail email whatever makes sense but we talk about you know getting their attention with their point of view first what's in their whiteboard uh, a lot of times we've used the exact note of, you know, I know we've talked about this. You, you know, you may, I talked to a lot of customers who you might want to create budget, but you're not really sure how much it's going to cost. And you don't want to spend the time to figure that out because yeah. they know it's like, oh, I don't want to engage salespeople. They right. come meet and give me a proposal. It's too long. They're annoying. So that's the whiteboard. That's the, and the disruptive truth is, the disruptive truth is, if, if you're trying to get budget and you are just making up a number and you don't know why and how you're going to get that ROI, you're not going to get the budget approved. That's right. That's yeah. the reality. So now you come in with, you know, what's your, what's your benefit? In just a few minutes, you know, I can just ask you a few questions, yeah. give you a budgetary number, give you some bullet points. If you get budget, great. If you don't get budget, whatever, but I'm just here to sort of help you put a budget together that's going to be helpful next year. And almost, I would think, in most of your businesses, you can... You can probably point to someone else in their industry or in their neighborhood that you've been able to help. And you can always cement that point with some sort of success story, which we've talked about many times on, on Ales with Aslan. So that's a great way to wrap that up. So those those three points, just to remind everybody, really, 
know what's on their whiteboard, do something with a disruptive truth that, that gets them to sort of activate, to, to, to perk up maybe something they did not know, and then close it out with a way for you to, um, you to help them with your own you know, proprietary benefit of, and, of sorts. And as always, I mean, if you want to think about how to position this in the other-centered way, just think about yourself. Right. Think about home. If you have a home or you're thinking about doing something, you have a home, you're thinking about remodeling your bathroom, you have no idea how much it costs to remodel a bathroom. And you're trying to plan for next year. Should we go on vacation? Should we do this? So what would it mean for you for a home improvement person to come in and say, look, in five minutes, I can measure your bathroom. I can say a bathroom is between this and this, and these are the three things you should think about, and then go away. That'd be super helpful. You be the home improvement person and make it easy for them to know if and where it should go on their list for next year. And by the way, if you're that helpful person, where do you think you rank on their list of people they're going to call if uh, if they do decide to go forward with the project? So. It puts you in a different light than almost every other sales rep out there. So that's a great one. Anything else on sort of helping them with their budget? Nope. All right. So uh, uh, one more thing. I, yeah. I lie. I sure, lie. Sure. Uh, be careful. Not everyone's fiscal year is your fiscal good year point. or the calendar year. That's a really uh, good. I did some research and you know what I came up with? Nothing. I could not find out what percentage of companies have a fiscal year different than a calendar year. But I'll tell you that it's a lot. Everybody who sells to the federal government, companies change fiscal years to help to help balance out seasonality in their business and when it ends. So government ends, organizations who sell to the government ends their fiscal year September 30th, yeah. same as the federal government. That's starts right. a new cycle. So just be careful when you're saying That's you want point. a budget for next year, make sure you know when the customer's fiscal year is. That's a really good point. So you want, as, as everything we talk about, the big accounts that you're going after are probably worth <laughs> a little extra research to make sure you don't trip on yourself mm-hmm. and and throw out a benefit you think uh, is is valuable to them and it, it doesn't turn out to be. So that's good. That's good. Um, okay, next one. Forecasting. It's a word some of you probably have heard of. Some of you probably do. Maybe not everybody. But it's a worthwhile effort. Uh, we do it at Aslan. We have a, a forecasting process. And it, it's really just a matter of sitting down, not taking your thumb in the air, but sitting down with a spreadsheet that says, what is my forecast for next year? Again, everybody, you all have different accounts. Some of you have lots of accounts. Some of you have two accounts, everything in between. But as best you can, it's a it's not a guess. It's a list out your accounts that you have this year. What did they do in revenue? And next year, it's really about three categories. It's about breaking your anticipated revenue, your expected revenue into three things, acquire, grow, mm-hmm. and defend. And we've used those words before. Acquire mm-hmm. is brand new sure logo. Have, yeah. You don't even know they exist. Defend, on the other end, is just, hey, this revenue is going to keep coming as long as something crazy doesn't happen. Is grow is you're growing the existing relationship in different places. And so break it down. What defend? Start with defend. That's easy. What's going to ha- come next year if, if everything kind of continues? So write that down. Start with, then grow. Where are there opportunities? And you can think about two things. When you look at your customers, think about where else in that company, in big organizations, where else in the company can I sell what we do, our product or service, and or what other products and services do I have I can sell to the existing contacts that I have. Be careful. People always overestimate their their success or how likely... That's a that's a that's it's less than you think. Yeah, and that's yeah. a whole another podcast, I guess, about how to really be realistic. But be realistic, 
and then be realistic and then cut that in half. And then maybe you have a rough idea of your growth forecast. Right. But then there's acquire. Yeah. So, so what's left? That's the yeah. new business. Yeah. You may get leads. You may not get leads. I don't know. It depends. But to me, that's the piece you fill in at the end. You say to yourself, see, this is why you're in sales. Hopefully you get to determine your income. So you say, I want to make this next year. Well, if you sell your defend forecast and you sell your grow forecast, how much do you make? And if you need to make more money, but well, then you better fill it in with acquire. And that's really the way to really forecast. And let's table acquire for a second. We'll get into more of that in a, in a few minutes. But um, what's interesting is, and I know you and I um, have, have built um, calculators before um, to help you know, with our partner network, we built the, the, the profitability calculator. You could build a small, it doesn't have to be complicated, right? It's a spreadsheet, basically. But an ability to set, I want to make this much money. I want to break it into my defend category and my acquire category. And I want to look at it holistically. I can do that right now before my company hands me a quota. I will know exactly what I think I can do realistically. Mm -hmm. So if there is any quota negotiation, which I'm not saying there is, it usually probably doesn't work that way. But at least I know what's a realistic target based yeah. on my past performance and so on. Yeah, you have to, and, and you know, forecasting, uh, we've been forecasting, uh, you know, I'd say using forecast for several years. And each year we look at where do we make, where do we miss and we get smarter. And so we start to forecast with, a, you know, we start to forecast with a 90% accuracy that becomes pretty helpful in your personal business and to the company's business. Probably. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we used to have that phrase, like, get the bad news out early when you're going to miss quota. Why not get way out ahead of it and actually be accurate with your yeah. forecasting? And and uh, and everybody feels better about it because your 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 bonuses are attained at a realistic number and, and everybody wins, right? So uh, that's a great one. That is we, a great one. We use, we use best case and worst case. So we use some of those examples. So, I mean, you know, again, this is a spreadsheet. We, we do it in Salesforce. I mean, yep. there's a... There's a forecasting tool in Salesforce. Like we didn't yeah. make it. Uh, you can create best case and worst case. So here's what I think I'm going to do. Here's if, if everything blows up, that looks a little scary, but you should look at worst case. And best case is if everything goes awesome. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, like going into your, it's like going into your last week of uh, school and you have finals, you know, hypothetically, of yeah. course. You know, all of your grades depend on your final. And there's a best Never case. Never had that happen. Where they're all this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hypothetically like a, a worst case would be like they all went one letter grade down and you got a one eight and your parents got mad and you lost your car for them hypothetically semester. i've heard of those stories yeah i i think i have to you imagine so i think i just heard of one so don't get a one eight uh don't get a one eight <laughs> don't get a one eight There's the but uh yeah moral. in all seriousness forecast pick a number and and then you have that and then you have to make a plan like what do you have to do to make that number what do you have to do to make sure the grow happens what do you have to do to make sure the acquire happens that takes a lot of work break it down how many how many deals work backwards to close X dollars to close five hundred thousand dollars of new business? If every deal is an average of fifty thousand, that's ten deals. Work backwards. How many opportunities do you have to have at what closure rate? How many presentations? How many discovery meetings? How many contacts? You know the drill. Work it backwards and yeah. work your plan. Work your plan. And so, that that calculator okay. we built for our partners has been very well received by all of them because they can set up their own profitability models and. Basically, they're just they're just an extension of a Salesforce, right? Yeah. So they look at I want to make X, and these are the ten deals I'm going to have to do to make mm -hmm. that, and so they can they can figure that out, which is great. Excellent. All right, so that's uh, so we've dealt with you know asking our customers about their budgets. We've dealt with setting our own forecasts. What's another one that well, people can? Well, if we think about forecasts as sort of looking ahead, then it's also looking our rearview mirror. Let's go say, hey, what's behind? So you've had a year under your belt. Take a pause. Uh, you've won some deals. You've lost some deals. 
you've had some coaching sessions. Hopefully, if you're with an organization that spends time, reflect. Put all that together. You know, why did you win? What are the main reasons you won it, you found and won deals if you get new business? Write that down. Don't don't just in your head do this over a beer. You can do podcast over a beer, but but we have something written. We, we do. We have yeah, something, written. something written there. Yeah, um, yeah sort of. Um, <laughs> but but really say, hey, I won these deals for these reasons, and I lost these deals for these reasons, and figure it out. And, and be very self reflective on those things. Admit and, your mistakes, right? Well, you know, and if you look at our other centered model, it's you know we've talked about a lot of different models. Is that the last piece in there is seek, right? Go seek feedback. Go ask somebody. Uh, go see what the sign is on your head that everyone else sees and you don't see. What are you really doing? Be honest. You have a lot, all revenue is not equal. You have a lot of revenue. You've closed a lot of revenue. Is it all really revenue that you can repeat next year, or is it just stuff that kind of got found and got lucky? Be honest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, check with someone else and fix it. Make your list. Don't fix ten things, but fix two or three things. It says if I fix and work on these things and improve these things with a development plan. If you've been listening to our coaching podcast, Absolutely. you can't just yeah. think about it. you got to actually say, hey, these are the ways I'm going to break these things down. But there's reasons that you've lost deals. And if you fix one or two things, you would win more deals in 2020. So forecast is the windshield. Looking forward, what's my plan? You know, reviewing your wins and losses and just your general coaching sessions is looking in your rearview mirror. So that's the third thing for sure. And this is where I think when, you know, we call this the weekly therapy session between sales reps and their sales leaders. Um this, this is where a, a really collaborative relationship with your sales leader can can really benefit mm-hmm. because they can be that lens on those deals that maybe being the person that went through it, you just don't see, right? This is where you need that feedback. And so when you do a win-loss analysis, and I would go so far as to say as leaders out there, you should really, you should make this a part of your planning with your reps um, and, and really focus on, you know, maybe... Do it individually, but then share some of those with the, the broader group so everyone can learn from it, right? And so great team building exercise, great way to every, for everybody to learn, but you got to look in that rear view and see why why you won the big ones and why you why you lost some and what mistakes were made. Those are those are great, great pieces there. Yeah, and the other mirror to look in is the rear view mirror of, your, of successful people in your organization. Yep. Right? You know who the top reps are. Find out why they're the top reps. Like, ask them, why do you think you've been successful? Why do you think? They're going to say something. Um, someone I know well... Use it as a three restaurant rule, right? If you go, if you're traveling somewhere and you say, yes, the con, you know, you're somewhere out of town, you want to go find a restaurant. Yes, the concierge, where should I go? He says two or three restaurants. You go to the front desk, you go to, you go to the taxi driver. And they all say different things, but there's one restaurant that comes up with everybody. Where do you think you're going to go? Go to that restaurant. So yeah. same thing. You talk to people, they're all going to have different things, but look for the common thread. And if it's common among top reps, this is not something to yeah. recreate the wheel. Good Go chance that's going to work. Yeah, good, good. All right. So, and I know we have one more as we as we bring uh, bring this to a close. What's the last and and remaining thing? And I and I do love this one because you know. Well, you know, I know. This is, I know you put this in here for me. I, I just uh, marketing is amazing, mm. especially at Aslan. Yeah, I mean, just look at the quality. It's pretty incredible. Of it's these been a, it's been an amazing year for yeah. the company. I would say. Uh. <laughs> You are the, uh, you are, I can say this with absolute certainty, you're the best VP of marketing from Rhode Island we've ever had. From Rhode Island yeah. that you've ever had. Yeah. Good, good. Okay, yeah. I'll take that. For Does sure. that come with a trophy? Mm-hmm. All right. Medals for trying? Uh, but yeah, even if you have great marketing, don't wait for marketing. Because marketing, too, is working on their Q4 budgets and next year's budgets. And they're trying to figure out what campaigns they're going to run. And so that's going to happen and that's going to come. And maybe you get leads and maybe you don't. 
but there's things within your own wheelhouse as a salesperson that you can do, uh, and that's to figure out where your targets are, right? And again, everyone's different. Some are, some people you have geographic territory, some people have a list of accounts, and so that's all. This is all relative, but in general, don't wait for marketing to go shake and find new business. Go find some on your own. You don't need to buy a marketing tool. You don't need to to go mail stuff at the post office with the whatever the you know the the, the reduced mailers are. You can go figure out where you should target. So where do you target? The best place to target is wherever you have a good story to tell. That's it. So wherever you've been successful, certain industries, certain companies, certain roles, certain size, certain whatever, certain situations, and you know what that is, right? What's the one or two? Because target means target, focus, not everything, not more. More is not better. That's marketing's job. Marketing's job is to really go wider. We'll hit the masses. And see what comes out. But you get a chance to go target specific companies, industries, job roles, whatever it might be. And the question is, well, how do you find them? Well, first of all, if you have any kind of CRM or Salesforce tool, you'll have some stuff that's back there. Look at old deals or old things. But, uh, you know, we're, we're LinkedIn. We're a LinkedIn premium subscriber organization. Yeah, love it. Big fan. It's super helpful. It costs money. It costs a fair amount of money. But as last I checked, it's still free for 30 days. So, yeah. Trial. So yeah. Go ahead and go to LinkedIn and sign up for Sales Navigator for 30 days. You have to put a credit card down. Don't forget to cancel it. Um, or if you love it, keep paying. Yeah. <laughs> if you can, right. you know, convince your organization. Yeah. But there's a great tool to go search. You can search by company, company size, where they are, industry, job titles, and you will get a good targeted list. What should your list be? I don't know. Probably more than 10 people. Probably not 500. I don't know. But it's a list of people. You're going to have some big fancy tool? No, you're going to have some names. You're going to craft some emails. You're going to send out some targeted notes. And you're going to get some activity going. You're going to follow some people. You're going to respond to some of their social posts. You're going to make yourself known. And if you get some activity, it's something that's easy to do without waiting for marketing. So, And what's really cool, within 30 days you could easily do this, is, is you could run reports based on your first and second level connections. And, you know, uh, one, one report you and I have talked about before is like when somebody leaves one company and goes to another company, that could create, in our business, a mm-hmm. compelling event, right? right? So that compelling event could be a sales leader moves from one company to another. That might be of interest to us as a target, yep. especially if they're a fan of ours, or at least I can get at them through a second level connection or through one of my first level connections. So you can set these little reports up that, that is an instant way to to create some opportunity yep. for yourself. Um, yeah, so we found some that way. We found it's exactly right. People change. There's a new VP of sales or VP of training. That's a reason in our business who sells sales training. Yeah. A reason someone's looking around. Yeah. Target them. And, and we have found opportunities from that exact focus. And a pharma rep might look for where new doctors are within three months of starting with a new practice. And so maybe that's something that's of interest. So, you know, and then one thing that I'll leave you with on this one is marketing and sales typically or not typically. I've I've heard many instances where there's a divide between the two. And what I would say is when, when sales and marketing work independently really well, but then collaborate on things together, it can be magical. And I'll give you an example that we just went through very recently. Um, you, you know, if a sales guy is an expert in a certain thing, and let's just pick pharma since I just said it. Um, if you're one of your sales reps is a great pharmaceutical practice or they, they, that's what they, they're experts at. We built a, uh, a combined strategy called it's sometimes it's called account based marketing where we basically did some research and said, these are the you know 100 accounts that we want to go after that have the right titles and we'll partner together. The sales reps and marketing will write 
the the uh, the emails out, and we'll do a little campaign with some f- phone calls sprinkled in between. And it would surprise no one that when you work together like that, you 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 can achieve some great success. And so, you know, partner with your marketing people. But to Mark's point, don't rely on marketing to be the only way you acquire new opportunities. Or I think you know you're you're selling yourself short. You can do better than that. So and marketing is looking for help in a lot of situations. Yeah, Again, depending on your company and the and the culture. Uh, if you go to your marketing team and say, "Hey, I have an idea. Yeah, I'm a salesperson. I have this. I have this idea. This type of role. This type of message. They got the horsepower to sort of figure out those people and go after them. And so, sometimes the budget that you don't have. So why? And, and you know, as a, as a marketing guy in in big companies as well as small companies, we're always looking for that next yeah, good idea. Yeah. Right. So very good. All right. Well, this has been great. Another uh, another wonderful topic. Uh, hopefully uh, a great start to your Q4 if you're in a Q4 uh, strategy right now. But I uh, want to make sure that you're still getting value out of this. So drop comments down below. Let us know what you want to hear about. And uh, as always, uh, spend some time with a good beverage in your hand this afternoon celebrating a good week. Thanks, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week on Ales with Aslan.